Welcome to Jowl of the Month Club. I'm your host, Diana Koch. It's the final episode of 2023, and I'm talking all about the new releases I love this year. Horror and otherwise. This episode will be free of spoilers. I will also be reviewing the unconventional French Jallo, The Strangler from 1970. In this month's Jallo, a boyishly handsome serial killer murders depressed women living in Paris. His weapon of choice, a crocheted white scarf. My guest is someone who joins me time and time again to discuss our year-end favorite films list. He's a frequent contributor to Jallo of the Month Club. Welcome back to the podcast, Wade Brown. Hello. It's my favorite time of year. My list is very surprising. I'm not really expecting my list to be like this. Okay. It's very tough. Well, we are recording this episode on Friday, December 22nd, and I have yet to see all of us strangers, so my list is sort of a mess because I haven't seen that yet. That's not playing locally until January 4th. So as of today, I have watched 315 films in 2023. How about you? How many movies did you watch this year? 241 movies. I feel like it's down. Probably. Uh, But yeah, I haven't really watched that many movies lately. I've been watching a lot of trash TV. You've been busy. Mostly Jersey Shore. Okay. Okay. Oh, and also Naked Attraction on on, on the Max. Um, have yeah. you heard about Naked, Naked Attraction? No. Okay, so it's a British show, British okay. game show. Six people in, a po- in pods and one person. First round, they raise the pod door up to, you see, their nether regions. And they do not censor it one bit. You see, all of it. What? Yes. And then the second round, they eliminate one person, second round... It shows the top. Based on their nether regions, they eliminate them? Or do they, yes. Or, they just look at them and they say, ew, and then they... <laughs> oh, much. my God! And then the third round, they show their face. And then fourth round, they talk. And then fifth round, there's only two left. The person that's picking, they get naked. Well, thank goodness in the fourth and fifth round, that's when they talk. Because... Uh, yeah, it's... But the thing is, they're like, the whole plot is... People judge people based on how they dress and their style being so superficial. So we're basically going to have you judge based on their physical appearance. So you're going to be a little superficial. That's even worse than judging people by what they're wearing. Because you can always suggest that something might look better on them or or something that you really like, a particular item of clothing that they wear. But you really can't change their body. No. Nor should you. No. But I see some people like, I don't like their knees. It, that part's hilarious when they're like, I don't like their knees. Is or, the person that's doing the judging, are they also naked? They get naked at the end. Does everyone laugh at them? I laugh at they them. They should. I laugh at them. I would laugh at them because, because they're, especially when self, they're, like, they're, they're so superficial. They're people. so superficial. And then you see them naked and you're like, he's got a small willy. What you, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. You it, said willy because it's British. Yeah. A lot of nonsense. All right, well, hopefully your top 10 isn't nonsense. No, it is not. It was real tough. Okay, you want to kick it off with number 10? Yes. If we say a movie that is on each other's list, we will will wait until it shows up on the person's list. But we won't tell, we won't say what place it is on our list unless it's an honorable mention. We'll say, oh, that's an honorable mention. Yeah, I have like three that are probably on your list okay also when we get to the jalo portion of the show that is also going to be spoiler free for the most part yeah my number 10 it's evil dead rise that's an honorable mention by lee cronin uh it was teetering i had a solid top nine but the top 10 uh i'll just say the other honorable mention was dungeons and dragons honor mom thieves i didn't see it 
The trailer terrible, but it's really fun. Chris Pine's fun. Check it out. Hugh Grant's an ass. He's so you only have two honorable mentions. I have more. Oh okay. But I'm saying this one was like this is a close oh, eleven. Oh okay okay. This is, it, it, you were trying to decide what was number yeah. ten. Got but it. Evil Dead Rise, I think it was just nuts. It isn't the greatest Evil Dead movie I've ever seen, but and there's some questionable things of like why is the apartment building above a bank? Who knows? That's fine. I didn't have. Yeah, but I mean, you had the, the emo kid. The hipster yeah. emo kid, yeah. he had to do the needle drop. They, sorry, they had to do the needle drop of the Necronomicon. Yeah. Um, the eating glass, the elevator scene, the you, ending. You know it has one of the things I love most in movies. When woman with uh, chainsaw. Someone being blood. chainsawed in half and a lady covered in blood. Yeah, also, definitely, if it's, t- it's number 10, but number one in credit rolls. Oh, yes. 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 Those opening credits were so good. Oh, so good. It definitely, for me, it felt like it played out like a blood-soaked video game. Like, the whole movie. It felt like it would could very easily be adapted yes. to a video game. Um, at the end, there is something that they add to the Evil Dead lore involving body parts that I was not expecting. And that mm-hmm. kind of edged at number 10. It's just, I feel like... Well, it didn't reinvent the Wheel of Evil Dead. It did add little things that oh, are I new. had a great time watching it. It was super fun. Yeah. It's streaming on Prime Video and Max yes. currently. Where you can watch that and Naked Attraction. <laughs> and you can also watch my number 10 <gasps> film, Barbie. Oh, that's, my, that's on my list. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. It was very surprising to me when I saw it, and it was very screwball comedy like way I, more than i expected i thought it was it's definitely way high on my list i was surprised it's not high on your list to be honest i watched it again yesterday just to sort of solidify okay where it was placing but i think my top 10 this year not to toot my own horn but it's really good so being number 10 on my list no it's pretty not good bad. yeah not yeah. bad there you go so that's our number 10 mine barbie you can watch on hbo max Yours, Evil Dead Rise, you can watch it on Prime Video and Max. Yes. My number nine is a total, like, out of nowhere, Suitable Flesh by Joe Lynch. Oh, I didn't get to see that yet. Ah. I know. I I didn't get to see it at Fantastic Fest because there were just so many movies to watch, and then I just, ha- I didn't see it. I That's my fault. You can, rent felt... it on, you can rent it on Amazon and Apple and all those. Is it on Shudder? It may be on Shudder I think now. it's coming to Shudder. I definitely rented it. So I think it's it, coming to Shudder. You yeah. can check on Letterboxd. Yeah. Um, but Super Flash, Joe Lynch. We love Joe Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, and Crampton. And Barbara Crampton. Yeah. And it's very, I, I believe it's like based off like a, a script that Stuart Gordon had, mm-hmm. uh, who did Reanimator and From Beyond. Yeah. And all that HP Lovecraft yep. stuff. And this is, it's got Heather Graham in it. It's very uh, Lovecraftian gore and grossness. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very hypersexual and horny. Okay. Very horny. Okay. A lot of the DePalmer camera work. Uh, has that soap opera acting a little bit, but at mm-hmm. the end it's real, real intense. Um, they have a great shot of, I've never seen this in any, maybe some independent filmmaker did, but I've never seen this where they utilize the backup camera of a car. Like they have someone, like uh, they have Heather Graham in like her car and mm. they have a backup camera mm-hmm. and she's backing up onto Oh, okay, suit. okay. And you see like, and it's like a person. Yeah. And they're backing the car up on them. Slight okay. spoiler, but like, it's such an inventive shot. I was like, that's, I've never seen that before. Yeah. And of course, Joe Lynch has a, has a cameo. A he has a mustache cameo. Okay. So. A mustache cameo, you oh, say. He has a mustache. <laughs> uh, but I'll say, if you like Stuart Gordon, like Reanimator, 
it's up your alley. But I will say, Heather Graham does get very sexual. Like, a lot of, like, heavy moaning and mm-hmm. just, like, animal noises. Okay. Like, just, like, fun, suitable flesh. Check it out on whatever, whatever it is. Pretty sure this movie is going to be on your list. I know it is. Iron Claw? It's on my list. Okay. So we will come back to that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I feel like this, my number eight <laughs> is on your list. Okay. Uh, Past Lives. It is on my list. Okay. Then we skip okay. That. I'm not going to just start talking about it. <laughs> My number eight is Sanctuary. I don't even know what this is. So it's Christopher Abbott. Okay. Margaret Qualley. Craziest episode of Succession that I've ever seen. I've never watched Succession, so I don't know. Do you know what Succession is? I know it has Rory Culkin in it. No, it (laughs) has Kieran Culkin. Wrong Culkin. Sorry. I wish it had Rory Culkin. I wish it had all the Culkins in it. Um, So it's not an episode of Succession. That vibe, it's crazy intense. In the wake of inheriting his father's hotel chain, Hal, who is played by Christopher Abbott, tries to end his long and secret relationship with Rebecca, a dominatrix. A battle of wills ensues over the course of one intense night with Rebecca and Hal struggling to keep the upper hand. Okay. So it's... Oh, you know what? I've seen someone talk about this. Isn't it just in one room? Yes. Okay. Like, yeah. you go in the hallway. But it's like they go in the hallway. Yes, it's very isolated. It's very tense. It starts out and you're like what is happening and then you realize they're role playing and then you realize it's this like i'm not even gonna say it's a sick relationship so some people might be normal but it's intense it's crazy you know i love christopher abbott oh, so yeah. good like he he ends actually ends up on my next film on my list um you can watch sanctuary on hulu it's now streaming number seven for you iron claw all right Sean let's talk Duncan. about it let's talk about iron claw i was kind of like I hope you get to see it because it comes out later the day before we were I had recording. to. I had to I see had, it. Luckily, score because Cinemark lets me know if there's early screenings. And there yeah. was an early screening on the 15th. I'm like, oh, I got to see it. I knew you saw it early <clears throat> and I was so jealous, but I was so happy for you because I knew that it was had been on your like most anticipated oh, list. Oh, yeah. It's about the Von Erich family, the famous mm-hmm. wrestling Von Erich family. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that if you know about the Von Erichs, they do take some liberties Chris Von Erich is not in it. They just totally omitted the youngest brother. He doesn't start wrestling until, like, later, right? Or he, he doesn't wrestle at all? No, he wrestles around the time before stuff happens, happens to Carrie, I guess. Okay. They kind of took Mike and Kevin yeah. and made one character. Yeah, I mean... It, 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 yeah. it would have worked better if it was a miniseries, yeah. but I understand you can't do that. Great needle drops. Uh, the best Harley Race casting I have ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The worst Ric, Ric Flair. <laughs> the worst Ric Flair I have ever seen. You could have got anyone doing an impression of Ric Flair. Your drunk uncle could have done Ric Flair. I don't think that person knew Ric Flair was a real person. I just, the actor. The one, I think he just did his own thing. The one, Okay, they had like, okay, yeah, you have the Gino Hernandez. You can do whoever, whoever that yeah. is. But Ric Flair is like a cartoon character. Did you see MGF? He was Lance Von Erich. Yeah. Which is not a real Von Erich. They don't talk about him right. ever. Apparently his stuff was cut down a lot. It was, all, it was a two and a half hour movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot on the Well, he was in it. a scene where I knew it was him. Like yes. you could see his, you know, his couple <clears throat> seconds, but like, yeah. oh, that's MGF. Nice. From the wedding scene to the end of the movie, I like did not stop crying. The wedding, like the bathroom <clears throat> scene at the wedding. Oh, it, it just like flips on a yeah. dime at yeah. that wedding scene. I thought there, was a, there should have been something in between, but. That wasn't the halfway point, I don't think. No. I think maybe that's like a third in. But 
the movie felt like two two different movies but not in a bad way it felt like the first movie is you're getting to know this family you're feeling the brotherly love you're feeling the the stress or the the pressure from the father it's very much a drama from that wedding on like it's like a horror movie oh yeah baffled by like the lack of attentions is receiving for award season this is the worst like, timing of a movie to yeah, come out like yeah. they should have waited till november because sadly freaking bradley cooper is gonna have you know, like i'm a maestro or whatever and that's probably gonna get a like, nominated but zach efron should get a nomination yeah, it was very good and jeremy allen white who i dubbed bear Ree von eric because he's <laughs> in the bear they take these big moments of wrestling and they just they don't show the wrestling part probably mm-hmm. for budget reasons mm-hmm. Like when... Well, because it's not about the wrestling. No, it's that, about the brothers and the family. Yeah, like the parade yeah. of champions uh, after after the wedding scene. They obviously can't film 50,000 people in an open stadium. Mm-hmm. But they filmed the one Von Eric, the mother, who has no... You don't know her reaction. Because everyone else, when the title hap- channel change happens, the whole family rushes the ring. Yeah. But not the mom. Yeah. So you get to see her reaction to it. And also, I'm just going to say the last 10 minutes... Definitely check it out. It's on Hulu, Dark Side of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Great docu-series mm-hmm. about re- the dark stuff of wrestling. And they have one about the Von Erichs with Kevin Von Erich yeah. talking about yeah. it. And they go into detail. Boy. But yeah. they go into detail of like everyone's death. Yeah. Spoiler. I mean, it's, it's going to be sad. Go check out Iron Claw. It's very good. I know we're just talking about all the sad parts. <clears throat> it's done very tastefully. And they actually do their own stunts. Respectful. And Zac Efron, he's amazing in it so Zach Efron him. is ripped he has muscles in places I didn't even know you could have muscles in <laughs> I knew like I knew that like that the women are gonna like this because <laughs> and, and the the gay men are gonna like this because the, the shortest tidy whities you've ever seen oh they're short short you know I was like he gets out of bed in, you're like I'm like the short short shorts yeah I'm like and I also like the wrestling graphics like the old 80s wrestling, mm-hmm. yeah. so check out Iron Claw please and tell if you like it tell your friends yeah let's start this word of mouth because mm-hmm. maybe Oscar season maybe they will yeah it's, it's kind of over for the, the Golden Globes so Iron Claw is my number nine my number seven your number seven amazing my number seven is Poor Things I haven't got your goes Lanthimos I didn't get to see this so you know his other films, The Lobster, The Favorite, Killing the Sacred Deer. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna see Poor Things, and you know, I'm not really, and I'm not really into stuff like The Lobster like you are. Yeah, but I was into <clears throat> Poor Things. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't see. I didn't get a chance to see it. Though. That was another film that I didn't see as early as I wanted to, just because it, it wasn't playing in the DC Baltimore area until very recently. The art direction is what did it for me. A lot of the themes I found to be very interesting, but it, if it wasn't done in such an artistic manner, I don't think I would be as into this film. If you're not familiar with it, it's a character who is brought to life by an unorthodox scientist who's played by Willem Dafoe. Her name's Bella. She's played by Emma Stone. She runs off with a lawyer who's played by Mark Ruffalo on a whirlwind adventure across continents. She's free from the prejudice of her times and she's growing as a a human, as a person. When you first meet her, she's infantile. She has a literal brain of a baby. She can't talk. She can barely walk. And then by the end of the movie, she has trajectory over the course of the film with sexual exploration, learning herself, freeing other people that she feels are being mistreated and i think it has a lot of themes that are very interesting to discuss it looks amazing 
if you're a fan of this director's other films or if you're looking for something that's very very unique and a feast for the eyes definitely check out poor things it's playing in theaters right now my number six uh, i don't know if it's i don't think you've seen this oppenheimer i have seen oppenheimer okay i is did it on see your it. list it is not on my okay. list uh not even for florence Pugh. She was in it for a minute and a half. But boy, howdy. And why were people making a big deal about those sex? That was hardly a sex scene. I, I know. I know. What? Cillian Murphy's got his legs crossed all naked. and just I like... saw it probably a month or two after it premiered. Okay. So I had already heard all of the hubbub. I mean, I saw it like two weeks ago. My thing was, I'm like, I got to see these sex scenes. Yeah. And I'm like, that's it? Yeah, I know. What? You see Florence so yeah, like, I saw Oppenheimer. Not on my, not it's my favorite films. I'm not saying, no. um, we say this every year. It's not the best of the year yeah. list. It's our favorites of the year. Yeah, I thought this movie was, I think, ironically, the best parts a lot of people don't like is like the, the litigation lawyer stuff. Where our, like Robert Downey Jr. shows he's a real, real piece of crap. Yeah. Um, it's just cinema, cinema is cinematic. A mm-hmm. lot cinematic for some... Oppenheimer's kind of a boring person. They're talking about molecules and atom splitting and stuff like that. And the ideas of the hydrogen bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the test bomb sequence is the best thing in the whole movie. We're just, like, they're they're hyping up tension and it's just quiet. It's, um, uh, Josh. Josh Peck. Right? <sighs> yeah, from Drake and Josh. Yeah. Everyone's in this thing. Yeah. Literally everyone is in this movie. Um, like, it's just like, oh, that person. Oh, Rami Malek. Of course Rami Malek's in this film. If you want to talk about Harley Race in The Iron Claw, the person who played Albert Einstein was pretty good, too. Yeah, he was good. The only thing I have a complaint about is, Christopher Nolan, if you're watching this, listening to this episode, I'm pretty sure you are. When you put dialogue, you don't have to have score the entire time. It makes your dialogue seem choppy. That's all. The stuff like Matt Damon and like and uh, Cillian Murphy are talking. It's like there's music behind it, and it makes the dialogue seem like it's like I'm talking right now and then cut. I'm talking right now and then cut. It seems like your dialogue's choppy, I guess, because the score is so okay. prominent. It's just like I never noticed that, but you know what? Now I will never not notice it. Yeah, it's just it, it'll drive you crazy. <laughs> Christy brought it up to me. She's like, it seems choppy. I'm like, oh, that's because the score is running all the time. That was your number six, right? That was my number six. All right, well, my number six is the sixth entry in a franchise. Scream 6. It's on a mention for me. Okay. But I knew it was going to be on your list. Scream 5 was not on my list. Well, this is definitely better than Scream 5. <laughs> Let's be real here. So you know me. You know I love the Scream franchise, the original Scream, my all-time favorite film. So it always holds a special place in my heart. I think Scream 6, it has... One of the best openings in the series. Mm-hmm. Love Samara Weaving. She is a scream queen, whether she likes that term or not. Like honest, yeah. She's amazing. I wish she was in it longer, but I think she did the damn thing when it comes to the opening. Yeah. Great. She was great. And they dropped Dario Argento's name. Dario Wario. Yeah. Classic. I do think that Scream 6 has the third weakest reveal of the series. In my opinion, number three is the worst. Number two is the second worst reveal. And then this one is the third worst. But everything else worked for me. Uh, Besides I, that reveal the at reveal, the end. But I love the the end location. Yeah. 
That was yeah, great. Yeah. And I liked the, the idea of the memorabilia idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I like New York. Mm-hmm. But there's stuff I remember in my brain of, like, the store, when they go into the store. When, uh, I forget what it is, it's like a ladder, they're trying to go from one apartment to the other. Yes. Like, I remember little yeah. things. Yes. I don't remember. They're trying to go to the hot neighbor's apartment. Yes. I don't remember anything More hot neighbor and, well, I'm sad because I do not know the future, nor do I think anyone yeah. besides maybe the studio execs know the future of the scream franchise going forward but scream execs if you're listening to jello the month club please bring back hot neighbor character yeah thank you people can post it or they want on instagram really so melissa Gen- jenna i think jenna's more melissa barrera is the one that was fired yeah jenna's like jenna I'm had doing... scheduling conflicts with wednesday uh but i will say uh your your favorite person's back who uh freaking i forget kirby Oh, she's not my favorite person. I know. No, 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 no. You're like, bring back Kirby. Well, f- number four is my second favorite of the franchise. And it's so silly when they're like, Kirby's not dead. She's back. Yeah. She's not. She's, I don't know. She's not a very compelling character no. in this one. But let me ask you something as a Scream fanatic. I like the Easter egg in number five, though, like better than her involvement in number six. Yeah. Let me ask you as a Scream person. I don't know if yeah. I'm going to bring it up because I don't know yeah. what's going to happen with sure. seven. Nev Campbell. Do yes. you feel like she needs to be back in this or she should should uh Sydney Prescott live her life in peace? I think at this point they've gone so far away from Sydney okay. that it doesn't need her. Okay, so you don't need that legacy character. I mean, Gail's there. Yeah. I will not forgive number five for Dewey. Yeah. I just can't do it. And maybe that's why it wasn't on my list, because I just can't believe they did also, that. it wasn't as good as four and it's definitely not good as six now yeah so, so no I, you don't need to bring back nev especially i mean they're probably knocking on her door now trying yeah. to get her back yeah we're um, paying any money i mean sydney and nev they both deserve to live their life and they deserve yeah. to get, get their happy ending and because again they're now they're two films removed from sydney you know what yeah. i mean like five barely had sydney in it six Sydney was not in it. Yeah. As the series has gone on, I actually did this math a few years ago. This is now a Scream podcast, everyone, just in case you're wondering. I did the math of screen time for Sydney, and every single movie as the series went on, her screen time was less and less and less. So psychologically, I'm preparing for zero mention of Sydney. <laughs> I mean, after like, once again, Scream, se- Scream 10, do you really need Sydney anymore? There, no one from any of them are yeah. going to be in that. Yeah, they'll find like, oh, it's uh, uh what's it's, his name? I don't know. Yeah, Matthew Lillard's like distant cousin is alive or something. I don't know. Yeah. His parents are going to be really mad at him. He's so good. Anyway, did you see Five Nights at Freddy's? I did not. It was bad. I heard it was bad. <laughs> I played the game. The game's good. The movie's bad. I could tell. Well, what's your number five? My number five is a hard movie that did not suck. Okay. It's called Talk to Me. It's my number four. Okay. Let's just talk about it now. Yeah. Okay. So Talk to Me, it felt fresh. It felt exciting. I cringed. I was in shock. I was scared at times. And it's also, it's to a point where like when you're watching a movie and you've seen horror movies, Mm -hmm. I'm legit. I don't know where this movie's going to go. And that's exciting because you've seen like, I saw like. What was it the Boogeyman or whatever that movie was? It's like the one Which I was Boogeyman? like, 
It's the one where it's this like is a Slender Man. No, it's like no, it's like you still probably saw a trailer. It came out this year where like the lights turn red and turn off. It's like a therapy thing. Oh, the Stephen King movie. Did that come out? Yeah. Oh shit. It wasn't good. <laughs> Spoiler: It wasn't good. Um, this one, I think, from the beginning to the end, it stuck the landing. Great ending. Yeah. Just... I agree with you. It felt fresh. It felt unique. It was scary. It was brazen and some of the shit that it did you would not believe that it was directed by these two cutie youtube twins yeah like (laughs) these two goofy guys came up with this really fucked up movie and a lot of unknown actors that are really good yeah australian yeah and not enough australian horror they just know they just know how to do things in australia talk to me that's my number four your number five. Yeah. Um, just circle back. I'll do my number five right now. Yeah. My number five is a movie called Rye Lane. I don't even know what this is. So it's a British romantic comedy that follows two 20-somethings reeling from bad breakups. They connect over a particularly eventful day in South London. It's a perfect mixture of funny, stylish, romantic, cute. It has really good music, beautiful cinematography. Rye Lane is now streaming on Hulu, so if you want to watch it, Okay. With your lady. Okay. And not watch Naked and Afraid or whatever. Naked Attraction. Naked Attraction. Get it right. On Max. <laughs> it's Rye Lane, like, like Rye Bread. It's R-Y-E. It's a Rye. Like rye rye okay. and then Lane. Okay. Yep. Is there, is there any bread involved? They eat uh, burritos at one point. Okay. That, so that's got some bread in it. It's got some carbs. Okay. Tortilla. I'll check it out. There you go. Or number four for you. Yes. John Wick Chapter 4. Okay, it's an honorable mention of mine. Uh, I mean, well, it was going to be number 5, but I had to put it at number 4 for... for Reasons. Yeah, reasons. Uh, <laughs> That's why Scream 6 was my number uh, 6. You know, it's <laughs> it's a John Wick film. Sometimes I'm like, how can they top everything they've done? And they did it. They thought, Daddy Yen. <gasps> That's yes. what we need. And I'm like, Donnie Yen, you got me. Bill Skarsgård, you got me. You had me, yeah, you had me at Skarsgård, you had me at Daddy Yen. I mean, the scenes I'm were like. I'm thinking he's back. The glass, the glass mirror room where he fights Donnie yeah. Yen for the first yeah. time. Great. The stair The stair fight. gag. Oh, it's the so stair ga- good. The stair yeah. fight and then the stair gag. And, yeah, there's there's the part where like, uh, they're doing a gunfight. I think it's in a church. And they have the camera to where you see all the rooms, mm-hmm. like a floor plan. Yeah. And there's a gunfight going on. Insane. Bill Skarsgård. What a piece of crap. In, in the, the movie. In the movie. It tops everything. It is a little long. It is long. It is long. And it does feel exhausting at times. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if this is it, which I think it should be, you have to go balls out. Yeah. Guns blazing. Everything hitting the fan. Go for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it could have done without the desert part. I could have done without the stuff like that. But, like... Yeah, it definitely went places. It, yeah. it was long. It was. I think that might is probably maybe one of the reasons it, it wasn't in my top ten. But also, again, there are so many good films. Ten yeah. of them. Ten good films that are on my list. But John Wick Chapter 4, I, we love Keanu. Yeah. Uh, we love Daddy Yen. You love Daddy Yen. Yeah, there's so many things in that film that I like. It's one of my five honorable mentions. Boom. We're number three. We're in the top three. My number three is Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay, I did by, not see that by one. the old Martin Scorsese. Oh Marty, oh, you Marty. cinema man, you. He has a Letterbox account now. Oh my God, I saw him on TikTok. I know that. <laughs> um, oh Marty Scorsese doing his cinema thing. It's three and a half <laughs> hours long. 
does not feel like three and a half okay, hours long. Okay, okay. It, it's, it's like Goodfellas, or yeah. it's like his uh, Raging Bull, or, or Departed. These movies are long, but flow. Yeah. The Irishman did not flow really well. That's one that Gangs I of New York, that's that I wanted to see, but knowing the runtime, I just didn't have time to make it to the theater. But, you got a plan. Yeah, it's it's available to rent or I guess buy. I don't know. It's like twenty bucks, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's definitely. I'm glad I didn't go to the theater to watch it. It's definitely okay. a movie that you could stop and do something. Mm-hmm. It's a good. Inter- these are the movies that should have intermissions. I know it pisses the old cinema men off, but intermissions are nice. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, like yeah. Grind, they did the Grindhouse one. That was cool. Um, but really, if it's a three and a half hour movie, either make a movie not three and a half hours or have intermission. Great performances by De Niro, oh. Lily Gladstone. She's great in this. Leo's fine. Mm. He's supposed to play like a 20 something year old coming back from the war 20 something or like yeah mid 20s he definitely looks too old for those roles i think they should not marty if you're listening he came back from the war so yeah i'm guessing if he's coming back from the war that would have taken me out of the film even if they said 29 i would have been like 29 yeah yeah it's it's but it's from like the the 1800s to like it's because it's just everyone looks old back then. Okay. But De Niro's granted. Brandon Fraser is fine. I don't know why people were really ragging on him. He's fine. Mm. He's he's playing a prosecutor that's really shady. There's a great scene, and it's. I have no idea why they filmed this. Mm-hmm. But Leo Leo fucks something up. Okay. And Robert De Niro, who plays his uncle, mm-hmm. takes him into like this little like storefront in a town, and then they go inside. And all of a sudden, it's like this ridiculously long room that's got like the checkerboard tiles. Dream sequence? No. No? No. And Robert De Niro is like, you messed up. Now you're going to be punished. And Leo has to bend over like a podium. Robert De Niro spanks him with like a paddleboard. It's so weird. I don't know. I loved it though. But the rest, <laughs> of, the, the rest of the movie is so grounded. Hey, did David Lynch direct that part? I don't know. <laughs> He might have handed the camera to the old, the old Dave Lynch. I don't know. But the rest of the movie's played so straight. It's just that one scene, because the room was giant. It was yeah. so weird. Definitely heavy near the end. Definitely, I like how Martin Scorsese was like, he had to redo the script a little bit because he was talking too much on the white person's mm-hmm, perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think it really works talking from the Osage community and tribe and all that. Like It's really good. Great acting. Check it out. All right, so those are your number three. That was my number three. Right, my number three? number three. God, I just love my top ten so much. My top five, top three is just mwah, chef's kiss. Interchangeable, I feel. Number three, Godzilla minus one. It's on my list. Okay, let's come back to that. What's your number two? <laughs> Barbie. Oh, Barbie, awesome. Barbie. The humor was there. Ryan Gosling was great in it. I'm not the biggest fan of his. Like, I don't go to see movies just because he's in it, but I think he did such a good job, and he's always... Sublime. He, he's so good in comedic roles. And then it made me want to watch The Nice Guys. Oh, The Nice Guys, yeah. It's so good. Or Blade Runner 2049. More or Drive. A, nice Guys yeah. is more of a comedic, oh, that's a great a comedic one. role of his. The Nice Guys? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's so yeah, good. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. Christmas movie, I think. Yes. Uh, Shane Black, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm just Ken. That scene, it's perfection. Mm-hmm. The fight on the beach with the I'm just Ken, and mm-hmm, also when it mm-hmm. gets to that that sound stage where they're doing mm-hmm. like the Kennergy part, yeah. Alan, 
Alan. Hi, I'm Alan. And it's then, just he Alan. Be- then he beats up all the those Kens. No, Alan those, constru- those construction workers. Yeah. Uh, Will Ferrell was. I like the he board. was over the top, whatever. I know, but the boardroom chase is still it's hilarious. goofy. The ending of Barbie, you know, it's a little lighthearted or whatever, but it is a PG thirteen film, and it's a Barbie movie, so come on. And it's but a I mo- liked it. It's a movie about plastic dolls that felt very human. <laughs> and it maybe it, it's not sexist or misa- or, or super uber 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 feminist because Ken does have a his own arc, mm-hmm. and he realizes he's Ken enough. enough. You don't have to be with someone. You just to be, be happy. happy with yourself. Yeah. yeah. Simple. My number two is Past Lives. Okay. okay. Now we can talk about this movie. Let's talk about Past Lives. I liked it. I, I just don't think it hit me as hard as it hits other people, and mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. Was it on your list? It was number eight. Oh, yes. Yeah. So then you, yes, you liked it very much. I, I didn't, it's not like my top two, whatever, top three. Yeah, it's my top two. Don't, uh, don't, I'm not, don't I'm mock not, me. And that's not me knocking you. It just, it just didn't hit me as it would <laughs> someone else, you know? Um, but I do really appreciate this film. Yeah, it follows two childhood friends over the course of 24 years while they contemplate the nature of their relationship as they grow apart, living different lives after they meet as children in South Korea. I am such a sucker for movies about what ifs. Like the Before Trilogy. I was about like, to reference like the Before Trilogy. pump that into my veins. This reminded me of Before Sunrise a lot. Yes. That's all I have to say. It made me feel so many emotions. The husband, that's a good man. Gold star on this man. That is a good, good man. The last 15, once the guy, the one from Korea, mm-hmm. he meets the husband. Yeah. And onward, because that's the rest of the movie. So good. Especially when they're at that bar. Mm-hmm. And they're just talking. And he's and the husband's just like... I said, there was a letterbox review that I really love that said, I watched this without subtitles just to feel how the husband felt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, number two for me, past lives. But let's also gush real quick about the Before Trilogy. I don't think we've... What opportunity will we have to say how good this trilogy is? Oh my God. Sunrise and Sunset, perfect films. Moon, midnights, whatever. Why do I love crying so much? I don't know. It's just good. Crying feels good, man. The walk at the end of past lives. Ooh, soul crushing. Okay, so my number one, Godzilla minus one. Nice. Talk uh, about it. I love this film so much. It was so damn good. It may be the best Godzilla film I've ever seen. It's definitely top it's, three. I mean, Shin Godzilla. I want to talk about Shin Godzilla real quick. When Shin Godzilla came out, we saw in the theater. Mm-hmm, there was like mm-hmm. what fifteen people on there, right? And I thought, and not, Shin Godzilla was like niche, and not many people mm-hmm. talk about. I thought that Godzilla minus one was going to have the same, like under the radar. Yeah, I thought it was just like, oh, it's just going to be like how right. Miyazaki Thank put God out it wasn't. a new movie. Word of mouth. That's yeah. why I hope for Iron Claw. Yeah. Our word of mouth made this thing blow yep. up. Yep. It's so good because a lot of Godzilla films especially the American ones, mm-hmm. struggle on the human part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This sure. one didn't. I never thought of, I know Japanese culture is very about honor. I never thought about what happens if a kamikaze pilot chickens out. I never thought yeah. how much shame that is. Right. But he didn't want to die. I mean, yeah. And Godzilla is fucking scary. God, he's fucking terrifying. Okay, so I showed... He's so terrifying. Like, I love him and look at his little arms, but God, he is scary. Uh, like, 
Christy's never seen a Godzilla film in her life. None of them? None of them. I feel I feel so bad oh, that I set the bar so high. It is. You did <clears> set the bar really high. But I'm surprised she, you haven't watched... Um, she would probably like Shin Godzilla. Because it's, yeah. it's like It's light. She, so, she didn't know anything about... She knew Godzilla's a giant lizard. She didn't know about the, the atomic laser mm-hmm, breath. Mm-hmm. And when that happened for the first time in the ocean, it was mm-hmm. underwater, mm-hmm. she was like... Yeah. A lot of people complain about the endings. Like, well, of course that happened. Can we just enjoy this? Can people enjoy movies anymore? It's also a, like a giant monster. What I thought it did really well is that it used this really scary horror-infused kaiju. It but, was, it's a spectacle, but it delivered emotionally compelling story about grief and wartime. Guilt. PTSD. Gu- yes, all Moving on. And there's also a giant monster in it. The side characters are really good. The side characters are so good, especially the one that's like, "I want to battle." I, didn't, I wasn't. In, I wasn't a soldier. I want to battle. Or like the scientist with the, the nice hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice oh, hair. And, and the other guy. There were like a lot of attractive men in this movie. Yeah, too. and they were like, they all had distinct goals, <laughs> and they all had distinct like dreams and and wants and fears. It was so good, guys. You have to see it. I know in January they're going to do a black and white version. Ooh. Okay. In theaters. I, I just this movie has to be seen, man. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. it's be, it's just it just so happens to be a Godzilla film. And then you see then the, then of course they released the trailer for the new Kong Godzilla. And you're like, this is gonna be I haven't stupid. watched it yet. I, I haven't, haven't watched, watched it yet. yet. I've seen pictures and you like, know how I am with trailers. It's just gonna be stupid <laughs> and fun and that's all it matters. Because yeah. America yeah. they have a different view and that's what yeah. I like. Because they have a different view of Godzilla. Japanese people are like, it's fucking scary. They're buddies. Yeah, they're right? Aren't they they're, friends? They're best now? friends. It's like Godzilla and Kong. Yeah, the friends. I love it. So I'm just gonna take a wild guess of what your number one is. Does it start with an S? Yeah, Saltburn. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything <laughs> about this film, but I see you posting it and tweeting about it. <laughs> well, now you can watch it on Prime Video as of midnight last night, and guess who was watching it at midnight last night? This me. One. Yeah, this person. <laughs> So, Saltburn. I saw this as a secret screening at Fantastic Fest. It is the second full-length feature from Emerald Fennell. Her previous film is Promising Young Woman, which was my number one film the year it came out. Two for two. Yeah, so she's two for two. Two and oh, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what that says about me. I don't know. Saltburn. It is sexy, disturbing, funny. Barry Keegan. You know him. He's new. The new Joker. You've seen him in things. we saw him in Dunkirk. Uh, he was also in... Um, that was like one of his first... Like he was early on. He's also in uh, Banshees of Anna Sheeran. Yes. And he's in Eternals. I didn't watch Eternals. He's in a bunch of stuff. He's really good. But he is... He's growing on me. He is growing on me as well. I remember when we first saw him, we were not fans of his. But <laughs> now, now I am a fan. Now I'm a fan. When he was on that boat? What, was that Dunkirk? What, what it was, was Dunkirk. I'm just like, who is this guy? He was just dying. Yeah. I think it was his character. But anyway, we we love him. Also, he was in uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. He is fucked up in that movie. He is, like, the worst. That's a disturbing movie. Jacob Elardi is in Saltburn. He's tall. He's hot. He's charming. He does all the Jacob Elardi things that you you know. Is this, this is a period piece, right? 2004, okay. maybe? I just saw the outfit, so I was like, wait a minute. It was a costume party. Oh. Yes. Okay. So, distraught by his classmate Oliver's unfortunate living situation, Oliver is Barry. Felix, who's Jacob Elordi, he's a rich student. He invites him to his estate named Saltburn. 
Soon, a series of horrifying events engulf Felix's family. Great music. Period music, but it's um, from the mid-2000s. And cinematography is great. I think that if you were a fan of Promising Young Woman, Saltburn is definitely worth the watch. I think what I liked about Promising Young Woman was like, you thought it was one thing when you see the trail, mm-hmm. and it's a whole other thing. Yeah. So, I mean, since you thought this was a period piece, it's a whole other thing for okay. you. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't see the trailer. I just saw a screenshot. No, there's a birthday party that it's, okay. it's a costume birthday okay. party. I thought it was like a oh, But they do Bridgerton? live in like a castle. Okay. Yeah. No, it's mid-2000s, which is cool because they play some fun music. Big fan of the closing scene of this film, and you'll okay. know why when you watch it. I may watch it. I'm off all week till January 2nd. I may just watch go. it. It's on Prime. Hell yeah. Awesome. That was it. That's our top 10. Oh my gosh. Well, now we have honorable mentions. Yes. So my honorable mentions, we talked about a bunch of them. John Wick, Chapter 4, Evil Dead Rise. Did you see Passages? It's a French film. No. So it's a gay couple's marriage is thrown into crisis when one of them impulsively begins having an affair with a straight woman. Definitely the definition of watching someone increasingly fuck up their life, making poor decisions, going downhill as the film goes on. Really, really good. Infinity Pool? I was about to put Infinity Pool for ejaculation only. And also (laughs) the, the nipple involvement my god i didn't even write those <laughs> good good reason to have on your list i put baby cronenberg and scars guard yeah <laughs> uh and uh mia goth just being mia goth yeah and her being she's nuts i think film. i like that more than oh, man i like possessor a lot no i love possessor i like possessor a lot but this one i think is a little too vague mm. a little bit no possessor was like in my top I think Possessor was like yeah, top Possessor three was my, or something Possessor for me. was my top two. But I think Infinity yeah. Pool was a little too vague yeah. for like, to me, um, like, to like be stuck I need in to rewatch head. it. Infinity Pool streaming on Hulu. Yeah. So if we want to rewatch it soon. Uh, I want to say Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, really good animation. If you like animation, <laughs> check it out. If you like kids movies, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, that was my last honorable mention. Super Mario Brothers. Surprisingly baby. cute and funny. Yes. I was not expecting to like it. The only thing I don't like is Seth. Pratt. Chris Seth, Pratt. No, Chris Pratt was fine. Oh, he was just doing Chris Pratt. No, Seth Rogen was just doing Seth Rogen. Bowser. No, right. that's Jack Black. Who was Seth Rogen? He was Donkey Kong. Oh, DK. Donkey Kong. They did do the DK rap. Donkey Kong. They did do the DK rap, and that's fine. Oh. I also like. I think it was the character's name was Luma Lee or whatever. The little the depressing star. Oh my gosh, my favorite character. My favorite character. That's my spirit animal. Literally a spirit. That depressing star is our spirit it was animal. <laughs> and it was fun. And also, I've never seen Donkey Kong with a fire flower power. Spoiler, he gets the fire flower power. And it's like, oh, I've never seen that before. That's cool. I love that Super Mario Brothers movie. It was our honorable mention. Uh, it was in my top ten until probably the last two weeks. Bumped out by this poor thing's Iron Claw. Yeah, I gotta repeat, Dungeons and Dragons. Super fun. Okay. It's vi- the trailer, do not watch the trailer. It's not good. It's harmlessly fun. Oh, it's on Paramount. But I want to give two that close to honorable mention, but like so close. Cobweb. Cobweb, the horror movie? Yes. Okay, I didn't see that yet. Cobweb, okay. The last 10 minutes kind of kill it for me. Stop with CGI monsters. Stop. CGI don't look good. It just doesn't. Yeah. But the rest of it is great. It's just, ah. Another one that really, I really wanted to like was The Creator. I really wanted to like that Mm. movie. But it really just kind of like, pfft, the script is not good. So this isn't your honorable mention. These are like disappointing movies. 
They were close. It's like so cobweb. So close to being good, you mean? Ninety percent of cobweb is. I mean, the ending's fine. Yeah, it's passable, but it slipped my honorable mention because of the ending's a little bit weird. The creator to me is very basic. It's. Yeah. I feel like it took a lot of pieces from other sci-fi films and put it together. And I also do not find John David Washington to be a compelling character. No. no. God damn. It was the guy, close. The guy it did Rogue close. One, and you're like, yeah. come on. Yeah. I really um, wanted to like that one, too, but it was just it was very basic. Shin Kamen Rider. Oh, yes. I like that. Uh, I also have to say Shin Ultraman, because sadly Shin Ultraman was like in between 2022, but not count as 2023, but I count it as 2023. Yeah. It was weird, but I want to say both of them. The whole I like I like Shin Kamen Rider more than Shin Ultraman, but I also enjoyed all. I believe it's on Prime as Shin Mass Rider. Yes, yes, yes. Um, But like Kamen Rider, very violent. I forgot about that one. Okay, I did like that one. I was not expecting to be as violent as it was. People's brains were being blown out. Like whoa! Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. People's heads getting punched off. Were there any 2023 releases that you really wanted to watch this year but didn't get around to? I didn't see the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. You would like it. I didn't see Sisu. I didn't yeah. see... Oh, When Evil Lurks? I didn't see that movie. I hear Ooh, a lot of people talking about that. That one's brutal. A lot, I see a lot of people talking about that. I've not seen it yet, yeah. so it's on my list. Um, you might like it, but it is very... I've talked about it. I've literally talked about it in the past like three episodes. Okay. It's very good, but it is depressing and brutal. And there's a scene in that movie that will be with me for the rest of my life. For me, All of Us Strangers, it's not playing here until January 4th is opening day. How about shows? There's any 2023 shows or like anything miscellaneous that you enjoyed? Um, one show that I started watching, unironically not because of Iron Claw, okay. is The Bear. Okay. I'm only like... Bear is definitely... I'm like six episodes in the first season, so I did not see season two, so yeah. I can't talk about it. But We've I probably love... almost done the first season then. I think it's like yeah. six or eight episodes. I love The Bear. Bear on Hulu. That is definitely one of my hard recommends of 2023. Succession. It's over now. Yeah. But Succession was my it's entire... My per- it was my entire personality that le- final season. But what I did watch is, first of all, Jersey Shore, Family Vacation, uh, Sammy's Back, and also Ronnie's Back, which is awesome. Is it on MTV? Uh, it's on MTV. You can watch... All the seasons, except for the most recent season on Paramount Plus. Okay. Um, but if you get if you have Sling, you can watch it on demand. If you do like the MTV upgrade, which is like six bucks. <laughs> I, di- I didn't finish it, but I played the game Last of Us really good. Mm. A really good mm-hmm, film, mm-hmm. a show. Yeah, I like Last of Us too. Jury Duty. I love Jury Duty. Oh it's my gosh, so... how was that not on my list? Yes, Jury Duty on That's Prime. So fun. It's kind of like Joe Schmo show, but with like Jury Duty. I, the old lady is definitely the best part. I binge that. It's such a feel-good show. Yeah. You think when you start it, you're like, oh, this is mean. This is mean-spirited. But it ends up really nice. Yeah. Uh, the new season of Always Sunny I thought was really good. I haven't watched. No, I haven't watched it. Uh, it is still on. It's, they've had a lot of seasons. Season 16. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, I do like. The one episode that's not really good is the one with Brandon Cranston and what's-his-face? Jesse from Breaking Bad. What's his name? Aaron Paul. Mm. That episode's okay, except for Mac is doing... The Michael Jordan from the 90s look, for some reason, I don't know. Cranston and Aaron Paul are on an episode of... Always Sunny. Just an episode, yes. or like through the season? Oh, okay. I think they're plugging, because they, they do a liquor now, they have a liquor yeah, now. I, yeah, they're I know. They're plugging that. Yeah. Uh, Kunk on Earth 
It's on Netflix. It's five episodes. It's very British. Basically, they're, they're going through the history of the world, yeah. but the people are stupid. The person uh, that's doing it is real stupid. She's yeah. like, the, about the Industrial Revolution, they talk about the Titanic, but she calls it the Titan 1C. Have you ever watched Drunk History? It's like Drunk History. Okay, I really like it's Drunk like History. It's like it, but there's no drunk. It's not drunk. Well, um, just dumb. It's just dumb. Uh, <laughs> One Piece, great adaptation. Good. Okay. Yu Show is whatever. I only watched the first episode. I do know they cut the Dark Tournament. And anime is known for the Dark Tournament, so I don't know why you're cutting it. Anyway, rant over. Uh, and last thing, it's on Screenbox. RoboDoc. If you like RoboCop, is I know it, that... Is it a documentary? It's a docu-series. Oh, series, okay. It's like four episodes. They're hour-long each, and they literally talk about the movie in detail. They get Peter Weller in it. They got... Um, they have Ray Wise. They have... Um, uh, the interview of Paul Verhoeven... Uh, Ronnie Cox, everyone. And they go through every single detail. Uh, they have the effects people. They have everything. They talk about everything in four or five hours of the whole movie. And I donated to the RoboDoc a long time ago. They do have, they do talk about eventually about RoboCop 2, 3, and the show I heard. That's not in this RoboDoc right now. Mm-hmm. That's like future stuff. But it's on Screenbox, which you can get on Amazon for like, or whatever, like what, seven ninety nine or whatever. They have a lot. It's like Shutter a little bit. Definitely, rec- if you like RoboCop, def- definitely recommend. If you don't like RoboCop, you're probably not gonna watch it. Am oh, I uh, I, I, also, um, I, uh, you know, I, I think you should leave season three. It's a choir taste. I get it. Christy does oh, not understand it. the mm-hmm. comedy about it. It's just not for her, and I understand. But if you like Tim Robinson, and you like real absurd comedy, it's definitely up your alley. It's stupid. Anyway, what else did you like? I loved the BTS yet to come in cinemas. It's technically a movie, but more of a concert on film. Okay. So it's kind of like... I didn't put it on my, my top films because it's like a concert. I do like, because you've taken me to one of these BTS things. Yeah. I well, do... Surprise, surprise. You can watch it on Prime Video. I do... But I'm saying, I do like... You notice how like Beyonce and Taylor Swift, all of a sudden, they have concerts mm-hmm. in theaters. You it's almost did, like you they... You knew who did that first? I know. BTS. And I was like, I was like, they're copying BTS right now. If you're a BTS fan and you listen to this podcast, please write me an email or message me because I would love to know if there's any other ARMY listening. But Jimin's production diary... I was about to say, does it involve Jimin? ...was wonderful. But you can only watch it on big hit which is the the company that like owns bts you can only watch it on their app called weverse okay for 30 dollars. okay <laughs> so yeah so you can only watch jimin's production diary of his solo album that came out this year which was wonderful but it was only six songs but anyway i'm just complaining that there's not more more jimin in my life um so yeah bts yet to come love that you can watch it on prime jimin's production diary if you love jimin I guess rent it on Weavers for 30 bucks. Have fun. Which is slightly adjacent to a film that was on our top 10. Uh, Orange Cassidy's Twitch channel. Oh, really? I don't know. I didn't know he had a Twitch channel. I have such fun putting the Twitch. I have the Twitch app on my television. I put the Twitch app on. He will tweet or he'll go on Instagram, Orange Will, and he'll say, Hey, I'm doing goth night tonight. Put it on and he's playing like goth music videos he's got a little sailor hat on 
doing cast orange cassidy like whatever commentary yesterday he had a a live stream which was playing one hit wonders from the 90s and the 2000s it was great and sometimes it's not music like it ended up pivoting to snl skits like sandler and spade snl skits do you know the boy band together it was like the mtv wasn't like it fictional together yeah, yeah, yeah. u plus me equals us i know my yeah. calculus that was one of the bands and then he talked about it and then he ended up going because one of them was chris farley's brother okay so then we played they play, he played chris farley clips and then chris farley clips lead it to spade and sandler it's SNL just a clips. Hole. yeah so it goes, but then he like pivoted back um so would you give the twist stream uh I give him a whatever. A, a I give him a whatever. Up, a somewhat thumbs up. You can't, yeah, you guys can't see this, but we're doing lazy thumbs up. But just look up Orange Cassidy thumbs up, and it's like the most half-assed thumbs up you've ever seen in your life. Ugh, I love Orange Cassidy. And also, since we're talking about wrestling real quick, let's just, another episode where we just say, isn't Julia amazing? Yes, Julia, stardom wrestling. Isn't she queen? Just she'll, be, she'll be coming to America soon. I know. But let's just say, <laughs> anytime I can say that Julia and Thecla and everyone in that group. Yeah, DDM. Uh, even Donna Del Mundo. Yeah, just queens. Ladies, ladies of the world. Just queens. Just queens. <laughs> Julia's Italian, half Italian. Yeah. Maybe she can be a guest on here. Her, her English is getting better. I stutter all the time, so. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you edit this all the time. I want to say some 2024 movies I'm excited for. Okay. And some you're going to be like, F yeah. Eggers Nosferatu. That's really the Robert only one I can think Eggers, of right now. Robert Eggers Nosferatu <laughs> next Christmas. We're not recording. And we're not, yeah, reco- yeah. We're not we're, recording top 10 no, no, no. until after Christmas. No. Yeah, fair warning. Next year, if we have to record virtually because we have to see, well, it might be Fantastic Fest. Um, who knows? Yeah, if we have to wait. But then we have to wait for you to see it. So anyway, never yeah. mind. I'm not going to be selfish. I will let you see. Apparently, Bill Skarsgård, he's in this. I They're... hope they don't show it until the movie. But apparently he's also going to be the crow next year. I don't like that. That's weird. No, don't know. redo the crow. Um, First of all, of course, Robert Eggers, Nesferatu. Dune, part oh, two. Oh, fuck yes. March. When I went to go see the Iron Claw, they still had the old Dune 2 trailer that said, October. Only in November. I said November. Oh. I said only theaters in November. I'm like, you bitch. Uh, Furiosa. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy, mm-hmm. which is a spin I like the way you're uh, thinking. Fury Road, which is a fantastic Yeah, you don't film. need to put a Mad Max saga on the poster. No. Like, we know who it is. Um, Maxine is probably coming out. Maxine I'm excited for. There, You might know this one because I saw the trailer for it the other day. Love Lies Bleeding. Hell yeah, that Kristen Stewart yeah. bodybuilding movie. Yeah, I mean. It's by the director of St. Maud, which was number two on my list I think last so. year, I think. And I'm going to have to see Civil War because Alex Garland. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've Civil War. I've seen all of his films. Yeah. I liked, I, I love Ex Machina. Yeah. Annihilation's great, too. Men's, eh, for Men, me. that one scene. The one scene where they're barfing each other off or whatever the men are barfing over regurgitating no each he's other. like aren't they like vaginally delivering yeah that's what that's what i'm thinking yeah there's 19 births yeah. in a row that part is the, the one part of the movie that's... that is is i is etched in my brain it took me out a little bit the rest of the movie is very okay <laughs> it's kind of meandering a little bit well something i am excited to talk about our jollo of the month yes it's a strangler from 1970 
This is an unconventional French thriller released before the Jalo subgenre's popularity boom. While there aren't any leather-gloved-wearing clothed killers, the film does include a lot of strangulation. With scarves. In particular. <laughs> crochet. 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 A touche. This portion of the episode is mostly spoiler-free. I will try to be as vague as possible, and so will Wade, as the strangler has not been seen by many people. So let's try to be as vague as possible, if possible. It's hard when it's called The Strangler. And it's from 1970. Yeah. You know, not that many people have seen it yet, but that is soon to change. And I'll have more details on the future of The Strangler in just a bit. Some news coming. The most spoilery part of this episode is the reveal of our killer, which we find out at the start of the film. So we will be calling him by his name. Clint. (laughs) Clint Kelly. Yeah, because he looks like uh, our buddy Clint Kelly... Friend of the podcast, Clint Yeah, Kelly. Clint Kelly. <laughs> Shout out if you're listening, Clint. Very you look ca- like Emile, the Vi- killer from the French Jalo, yeah. the Strangler. Very, uh, very talented cinema- cinematographer. Check out Clint Kelly. Yeah. He also owns, I believe he still owns the rights to oh, yes, yes, Sledgehammer. Which was on Joe Bob. Yeah. So a few years if you've ago. seen the Joe Bob Sledgehammer, Clint I think help. he said, doesn't he say Clint? He does call yes. Clint. And you guys remember, you called me. Yes. It's Clint. Yeah, I was yeah. like, they just talked about Clint. Uh, anyway. <laughs> it was like two in the morning. <laughs> but I definitely seen so many cuts of that sledgehammer before they did the remaster. Yeah. Because I look at every version. And he's like, isn't this great? And I'm like, dude, this movie sucks. Oh my God, that was years ago. Yeah. When we were all trying to make stupid little films. I mean, we still are trying to make stupid yeah, little films. Yeah, we're always trying. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> The Strangler centers around Emil, a.k.a. Clint Kelly, <laughs> a handsome young man targeting women he believes are too depressed to go on living. Using a white knitted scarf as his weapon of choice, Emil stalks his victims as three individuals separately try to stay on his tail, each with a different pursuit. There's a burly detective, a thief who swipes cash and jewelry from each corpse, and a woman who seems to want to be a future victim. We have Jacques Perrine, who plays Emil, our self-appointed angel of mercy. Then there's Julian Guimar, the inspector named Simon. He's a shifty manipulator who is prepared to do anything to see Emil brought to justice. He resigns as a police inspector and embarks on a personal vendetta against Emil. It's also worth mentioning that at the time this film was made, murder was still punishable by guillotine in France. That's very French of them. Probably the, the schlubbiest inspector I've ever seen. A lot of croissants. Yeah, croissant. just like he looked like he, he, he just had a lot of croissants. <laughs> croissants. Croissants, <laughs> a lot of pastries. He mm. definitely was like, you know, maybe it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a French. Yeah. Because when you see the Italian inspectors and detectives, they're like suave, got the mustache. Sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes, but they got the mustache. Yeah. This one's like, guy, schlub guy. Yeah, he's pretty schlubby. Uh, then we also have Eva Simone as Anna, the fourth player in this drama. Anna's motives are unclear, yet she plays a crucial role when it comes to Emile's redemption in the third act of the film. The actress, Eva, is also Emile's real-life sister. So Jacques Perrine, it's his sister. Oh. That's kind of cool. All in the family. Yeah. Then we have Paul Barge as the Jackal. Emile is infuriated to discover that the thief, the jackal, has been following him and robbing the women he's left dead. 
That was funny. I love I love that. Yeah. That, that made this movie a little just like st- this movie does stand out here and there. Yeah. But that was definitely like the the strangest choice. But I loved the choice. Yeah. It was it's super unique. I had never. I'm surprised that it hasn't been replicated more in like horror films or thrillers. Like someone following another criminal following a kill, like another criminal just to commit more, more crimes. Yeah. <laughs> Praised as a complex, melancholic meditation on isolation, as well as a portrait of collective hysteria by the New York Film Festival. The Strangler equally subverts and indulges in conventions of the giallo subgenre with unexpected beauty and refinement. Director Paul Vicelli has been hailed as an icon of rebellious, reflexive, and emotionally excessive cinema. He was the driving force behind a creative collective, which focused especially on work by female and queer directors. The Strangler was the third full-length feature that Vicelli directed, and only the second to be released. It is known to be his strangest and most ambiguous film, one that superficially adheres to the conventions of the classic psychothriller while deliberately subverting them. The Strangler includes a brief but satisfying feminist turn that sees local women successfully fighting back after a sex worker is attacked. The film mockingly encapsulates what was wrong with the 1970s, in particular the exploitation trend and public appetite for cheap sensationalism. Paul Ficelli passed away this year at the age of 92 and is celebrated as a distinct voice of queer themes in French cinema. The Strangler is no doubt a retroactive challenge to transgressive cinema, both to take more chances and also to be rousing entertainment. I mean, The Strangler does include a sexy sailor musical number. Oh, that was like... That was cool. Yeah. I don't know how at all my years I have not seen a grab of that, of that scene. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I, was like, I was like, what? One of my favorite scenes in the film. It felt out of place, but not really when you think about all of these LGBTQ tones and like exploitation. I love that things cafe that are in that had like the palm trees and mm-hmm. the pinball machine. I was like, this is a very That's eccentric cool. little cafe. I like it. There are good locations. Yeah. With a runtime of 96 minutes, The Strangler has a high body count, though most of the victims are killed in the same manner. Strangulation with the knit scarf. <sighs> Are you they're, shocked? They're strangling in a movie called The Strangler. Lisa delivers. What if they? I was gonna say, what if they didn't? Yeah, Lisa <laughs> delivers on the title. The film is advertised as a lost giallo, and while its plot elements certainly suggest shocking genre fare, the film mostly cuts away from the violence. Every time that Emil kills, it is an act of love. It's a little sensual, but also I don't think that the way the actresses were portraying dying or being strangled, was that convincing? I don't know. Some of them, they, he kind of just squeezed the scarf and then they like fell to the, the ground. The first death <laughs> felt like the person was getting strangled. Yeah, for sure. That was haunting. She's like, oh, I just like totally lost tears yeah. in her eyes. Yeah. Like that was like, she looked like a ghost a little bit. Yeah. Then you realize, oh no, she's just a victim. It only like added to what I love about the film. To Emil, like, when he kills, he feels like it's an act of love. That's how it feels to him. There's recurring flashbacks of an incident that happened in his childhood that seem to reinforce an impression of him being innocent and childlike and that his murderous acts stem from a notion of goodness that's, like, inside of him. He thinks he's doing something good by basically killing these women. He thinks of himself, uh, again, as an angel of mercy, and there's also a lot of self-hate when it comes to his, his killings. 
that's particularly apparent when it comes to the film's ending. It's poetic and tragic. There's also and you sort of feel bad. There's also a great scene where like he's walking down the street and he's getting the the visions of people getting murdered and crime happening and it's just it was then he start have tears going through his eyes like it's it's really kind of striking of like just like just like he's reacting to this may have been brutal violence that happened in his life that he's seen on this same street mm-hmm. or just his own imagination going wild. Premiering at the Cannes Film Festival in 1970, The Strangler did not have a U.S. release until its screenings at Fantastic Fest and the New York Film Festival earlier this year. Its 2K restoration is currently making its way through select cinemas, and it's finally getting the attention it deserves, thanks to film distributor Altered Innocence. The Strangler screens in Vancouver, British Columbia on January 4th through the 8th, and in Cleveland, Ohio on January 5th. My overall thoughts of this film are, if you're listening to this podcast, you definitely should check it out. Yeah. Most of you have done like, a lot of Italian horror. I know, I didn't watch the movie yet, but I know you did, like, uh, last month you did with Latin America. Mm-hmm. The first um, Latin American Jalo yeah. reviewed on the podcast. Have, Not... we d- have, we d- have you done French New Wave-esque? Knife Plus Heart. Knife Plus Heart. That's, that's more a recent one. Yes, and also the film distributor that is screening The Strangler is the same distributor for Knife Plus Heart. Okay, so yeah, yeah. they're amazing. And also Knife Plus Heart is a very kind of avant-garde yeah. giallo. It's like very like not conventional. Yeah. This is not a conventional one either. It's, no. I think it's definitely worth watching. I know you've watched more giallo than I have on this show, but I've definitely been on the show many times mm-hmm. and seen many giallo, yeah. and a lot of it kind of comes off some just come off scene as just a yeah. giallo film. Mm-hmm. This one felt different. Uh, even mm-hmm. like the opening credits felt fun. Yeah. Like it's like the the newspaper clipping, mm-hmm. pay, you know, the ransom note kind of look. They give away the killer immediately, but it's to its benefit to where it's not about like the mystery. It's about mystery of what's going on with this yeah. guy. I think it's definitely worth checking out. I did want to at least do one suggestion to pair with The Strangler. I wouldn't suggest Peeping Tom from 1960s. I think that's mm. that's a good one. It's a British psychological horror thriller. A young man murders women using a movie camera to film their dying expressions. You can watch Peeping Tom on Tubi. I would definitely suggest waiting until beginning of next year to watch Peeping Tom and pair this. Because here's some breaking news for you Jallo lovers. <laughs> the Strangler, the film that we are reviewing on this podcast. We're talking about right yes. now. Yes. We'll be premiering for pre-orders on Blu-ray in January from Vinegar Syndrome. <gasps> Vinegar Syndrome. Yes. And with, the, with the nice lady, with the, yeah. the lady silhouette with like the... The packaging the is packaging. just more, so yes, nice. Yes, I have a couple over there I'm looking <laughs> at. I have the... Uh, the what, I can't read it from here, but it's got Winter Beast. Whatever set has Winter Beast in it. The Strangler pre-orders on Blu-ray in January from Vinegar Syndrome. And it will be officially available on DVD and Blu-ray on February 27th. So just two months after this recording oh my is gosh. coming out. Or it's uh, out now if you're listening to this in February. In February, after February your 27th. Top, to top 10 of 2023, you're listening in freaking it's March. Fine. Hey, I appreciate yeah. the listen. Get to it when you can, you know? Yes. <laughs> And then there will also be a VOD release on Amazon and Vimeo. Mm. So yeah, Strangler. That's why I didn't really want to talk too much in depth right now. It's a film that I saw at Fantastic Fest in September. I've been dying to talk about it. I've been dying to share with you. Mm. 
dying to promote it. And I'm glad you did because I watch a lot of French New Wave for Criterion Connection yeah. YouTube show. So I, I'm very familiar with like French cinema in like the 70s yeah. and early 80s. I felt like this was a great episode for me to mention and suggest this film because we opened up the episode with us promoting and talking about our 2023 films that we loved. All kinds of suggestions, all kinds of honorable mentions. Why not suggest a 1970s French Jello? This is, this is a jam-packed episode. Yeah, for sure. Closing out the year, a good year for Jowl the Month Club. Mm-hmm. You've been doing a lot of cool stuff. Cool guests. All kinds of cool guests. Yeah, yeah, thank you to all the guests that I've had this year. Great guests like Wade Brown. And of course, oh Wade Brown. <laughs> I had Sam Panico from BNS About Movies on to talk about Too Beautiful to Die. Liam from Cinepunks talking about White of the Eye, which was awesome. I got to interview A24's Medusa Deluxe director, Thomas Hardiman, about this British Jalo murder mystery, which was really cool. Such a great opportunity. Had you on a bunch of episodes, of course. Of course. Dylan Tillman from Slasher Reviews was on talking about Murder Rock. Canadian costumer Felicia Mancini was on talking about Crystal Eyes. That was such a treat. If you haven't watched that one, you should definitely watch Crystal Eyes. I listened to the episode. I did not. It's definitely on my watch list. I had to cram a lot of movies for this 2023 list, so I'm behind on. So basically, aside from The Strangler, anything that was like not from 2003, 23, I did not watch. Oh, I did watch Ginger Dead Man and the Brain on Joe Bob. I also did that as well. It was a rough night. Ginger Dead Man. <laughs> Is that going to have a standard edition release, please? Wait, is there anything that you would like to plug or promote while I have you in Jolly Month Club? Because Ginger Dead Man, I watched it. Scott and I always doing YouTube.com slash Mickanish Productions. Mickanish Productions. We always do like a Christmas special. And we're originally going to do Amityville Christmas Vacation. I saw it and I was like, no. Uh, so we did Ginger Dead Man. and Before Joe Bob? No, after, after Joe Bob. Okay. I was like, we're, we're doing Ginger Dead Man. Okay. Because I saw the first scene and I'm like, this is going to be fun. This is it. And boy, it was not fun. But check out <laughs> youtube.com slash Mickinish Productions. F- subscribe because next year, 2024, is the 10-year anniversary of Mickinish. Oh! A decade. 2014, November, we start the Mickinish podcast, which is dead and buried. But it evolved into the YouTube. Other things, to the yeah. film stuff, all that yeah. stuff. But, you know, we're I know next year is going to be the 250th episode of Criterion Connection. <gasps> Uh, we're also focusing on doing some more film stuff, so definitely subscribe there. Uh, go to vimeo.com slash Productions to check out Butterfly Black Velvet, a Jallo-inspired short film that I directed. You were associate producer on. Sure was. It's Jallo and Jallo-inspired, and it's on Vimeo for free. But if you're a person that believes in physical media, you can buy it on Productions. You get that beautiful square dot site this is all like on my this is all <laughs> sorry on my, i interrupt you <laughs> i'm sorry this is all on my instagram suede guy because i made one of those link trees mm. and you just select it and get everything on there check out tales from the pod crypt season three is coming out next early next year mm. we already taped one episode that you're on my gosh um, that was so long ago i know <laughs> it's one of those things like i like to take a little break in between seasons but season three is going to start real soon the reason why season three is taking so long is because I have extra guests that I'm trying to schedule. And schedule I know how that is. Yep. It's just scheduling conflicts. Yep. So, and of course, the episodes they're doing are early in season three. So, gonna have to do that. Letterboxd, Sweet MCP, 
follow me on Letterboxd. I know I have a lot of plugs, but the last plug I have is uh, for my partner. She has a collage art. She just opened up an Etsy. Just follow her on Instagram, Summer Gale Collages. The Etsy is on there. She just now selling prints, and she's very talented. So please buy some prints from her. She's Amazing. Also has, she also has mag- she's making magnets for some of them. Jolo Month Club is now on Letterboxd. Follow the list titled Jolo Month Club for every movie reviewed on the podcast, including this one, The Strangler. If you would like to support Jolo the Month Club with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes, visit anchor.fm slash Club. A fresh batch of Jolo the Month Club stickers and pins are coming in the new year, and supporters will get first dibs, and Wade, you'll also get first dibs, because I'll give you some. <laughs> Logo design is by Vegan Patches on Instagram. Theme music is by Dream Division. You can find Dream Division's music on Bandcamp at dreamdivision.bandcamp.com. Last but not least, you can follow me, your host. Yes, I am the only host of the show, Diana, on Blue Sky, X, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Diana and K. I have a Blue Sky. It's Suede Guy, but just, <laughs> I forgot. I have like five followers, and I'm I following think... five people, and you're one of them. And I think you're the only follower I have. I think that I've mentioned on this podcast my Blue Sky account more than I've actually used my Blue Sky account. Yeah, I don't even but use But it's the just, Blue Sky. actually, I try to update like Instagram daily or a couple times a week if possible. Twitter is a little bit, or X is a little bit more quiet because I post most of my reviews and my movie activity on Letterboxd. So I'd say Instagram and Letterboxd are like what you want to follow on for Jollo Month Club and my personal accounts. Yeah. Start the year out, follow some new folks. Me yeah. and Wade. Yes. <laughs> Do it. Hopefully you'll be on next year. I would hope. An episode. You're the scheduling it. I don't know. They call me Old Faithful Podcast Guest. For a reason. Yeah. Because I've got nothing to do. Never heard anyone call you that ever. Never. Never. (laughs) Please don't hashtag it. Don't. Hashtag John the Month Club. Listeners, you've been enjoying another episode of John the Month Club. It is 2023 favorite films list and The Strangler. As always, I'm your host, Diana Koch. And I'm waiting.